Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a couple moments and uh, settle our minds and our emotions Settle them away from what's going on in your life right now. And just let your soul fall back into its original relationship with your spirit. Your spirit has all the life and answers and encouragement and everything that your soul needs is in your spirit because your spirit is connected to God if you've been born again. So your soul really doesn't need to be looking elsewhere to get its needs met. And yet it does. Out of habit, that's it's always done things a certain way, your soul. And also because your soul wants to maintain control. We don't have a real good handle on how our soul functions, let alone how our spirit functions. So we have a tendency to just continue on in the way we've always done things. But we don't have to. God is always there to meet our needs directly. All your needs have already been met. And then some. With extra. With, you don't even, you don't just have eternal life, you have abundant life. You don't just have enough. You have more than enough. And when we think about God's nature, his basic nature is to give. That's how he expresses love, is he shares himself. And he meets our needs by giving himself to us. Well, you and I, if we've been born again, also have that new nature. Love is not something we do. It's something we are. 
the what we do part is we give. We share, we express, we let him flow through us. We're always available to God so that he can be available to others. The more we experience our needs being met, just think of what that's like when you're around someone who is content and confident and at peace, that peace that passes understanding. When you've been in the presence of God, it affects others. They see it. They can sense it, for better or for worse. Sometimes it's not a great reaction. Sometimes they don't want to be around that. Very often that's what draws others to God, is seeing him in us. Not what we say, not what we can prove by the Bible, but his very character and nature being expressed through us by him because we've spent time with him. We've absorbed. And he has made himself at home in us. The processes that we've been looking at, that's all they are. They're not an answer. They're not a set of rules. They are a starting point. We, beings that have been, our soul and our body have been so long disconnected from our source that we need stepping stones back. God is in the process of reconnecting our soul. And you and I are are in a dark room and we're feeling for the doorknob. Now there's nothing to fear because everything's familiar. And it's familiar because this is our home. We are spirit beings. We have a soul that functions in the supernatural realm, in the solical realm, and we have a body that functions in the natural realm. But who we truly are, our true nature is spirit that functions in the spiritual realm, which has authority over the supernatural and natural realms. 
Remember, there's only two kinds of spirit beings. God and us. That's it. Then there's supernatural beings of different varieties. You know, angels and demons and I think animals, things like that. But we, as a spirit being, have power and authority over the supernatural realm and the natural realm. Now within us, our soul, again, our purpose here is for our soul to be reconnected to our spirit. And this is the task that our spirit is working on. To reconnect our soul to our spirit. Most of the time, we are not aware in our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, of what God is doing. He's drawing our spirit and soul together. He's doing it through our spirit. Remember, your spirit and God's spirit are one. So your spirit has already fully given given God all permission to do whatever is necessary to reunite spirit, soul. So when our soul is resisting, it's resisting what is best for it. Again, often out of habit, but also because it wants to maintain control. And it, and it wants to maintain control for sometimes pretty good reasons to protect itself because it's been hurt in the past because it fears rejection so God puts us in situations either where that fails where our soul fails or it's the goodness of God that draws us where we're willing to set aside, to lay down what's in our hands in order for our hands to be empty, to receive what God is giving us. God knows you far better than you know yourself. He knows what your needs are. And he knows what your needs are because he created those needs. He gave you those needs. He's crafted those needs just for you. He's put the people in your life for you. He's put you in this time and place, put you in the family you're in for you to reunite your spirit and soul. So what we've been talking about for so long has been 
learning to hear God's voice. And then to to join him in the process to the limited way we can. Because remember, it's God is the one reuniting your soul and your spirit. But are there things that we can do, even if we're not helping him, at least to keep from hindering him? And one of the things that we human beings like to have is control over structure. There is, there is a, a common human quality that God has put in us. We want to understand. We want to perceive. We want to know what we believe. This is why... There's always such an emphasis on faith, and and we use faith, the idea of faith, as a way of not needing to understand. Well, just believe. Well, shouldn't I be doing this? Well, if if this wouldn't have happened if if you had more faith. And when we don't understand something, we come up with an explanation about why God does or doesn't do things. And part of our challenge is that through this process, God takes away a lot of what we thought was true, what we believed. He wants us believing his truth, which is not just a truth, a truism, but a living truth. A truth that stands on its own. Like God is love. You know, when I say that, you may think you know what that means. God is love. But until you experience the love of God, in the infinite ways that God expresses his nature, his character, you don't know what that means. We all have a bias, for instance, about God's love, what it means to be loved by God. What are the strings that are tied to that? God loves us. Now we need to go out and love others or serve others or be grateful and and serve him. Or There's always uh, a tit for tat. He did this, so we do that. That's not, that's a great place to start. That's not his idea of love. He, his kind of love just loves, just gives. He wants nothing more than to give himself to you. And he is working in you to make you able to receive 
his love. So he's working on our wounds to heal them, not to hold us accountable for them or responsible for them, but to heal them and to speak truth into our past, our present, and our future. We're all at a different place and a different time. Whatever brought you here is unique for your situation, but it's God. And take some time and just, Lord, did you bring me here? I want you to have confidence that you're in the right place at the right time. And if there's any area that he needs to deal with you about, that, oh, you've, you're, the mistakes you've made have been so bad, even God couldn't overcome them. You, you screwed up his plans for you so bad that even he can't overcome how badly you've messed up. You know, now the best you can do is just get through the rest of your life. And you'll never be able to achieve what God had intended for you. And others have paid for the mistakes. And God is holding it against you that you couldn't even make the right decisions. So many of these are not just about our beliefs, but they're how we see ourselves. That we are, not only did we make mistakes, but we're broken. We're failures. We'll never be able to rise above our failures. We're lost to time. We'll never be able to overcome. We can't go back and fix the huge mistake we made, or sometimes even just the small ones that we care about. In fact, in, in America here, we've got the Memorial Day coming up, and just as a different approach to that, take some time and just memorialize anything that comes to your mind that that's been holding you back, that you feel guilty about, that you're ashamed of, that you think of is a mistake. Just write out everything and then take some time with God. Set aside specific time with him and let him speak to you And if you need to go line by line, let him speak to you, speak life. I think probably like 90% of what we perceive as mistakes or failures, God doesn't even remember. He doesn't see things the same way we see them. A lot of times we see mistakes when 
all he sees is that he has diverted us away from a tragedy. We see, oh, we failed to do this and that. We failed to live up to our own expectations or we made a mistake and made the wrong choice. Let God show you, no, that was God looking out for you. That was God blessing you and taking good care of you because he loves you. And you think other people were hurt. Well, God loves them more than you ever possibly could. And God was looking out for them. And God is looking out for them because he loves them. Not for you, but because God loves them. Even just focus on, you know, let your eye drift over this list. And those that come to the surface, just let the Lord speak to you. Even over time, even over days and weeks. And just go through the list until, just put a check mark or an explanation as each one God addresses. Because God does not want you believing the lies about guilt or failure of, or mistakes. You know, we have this whole idea about, about what sin is. You know, that when we do something that God doesn't want us to do, we're sinning, and, he, and it, he hates that, and he holds it against us. The mistakes you made, you're never going to be able to overcome. They're going to haunt you for the rest of your life. God, when he looks at you, he goes, well, what if? Man, if you hadn't have just done that, if you hadn't made, uh, if you had made a better choice, you'd be much better off now. I would be able to be loving you so much more. We'd be able to be in a much better relationship. How often do we think things like that? Let me just tell you, that's not God. God loves you, but you need to hear that from him. You're the apple of his eye. You're his beloved. And for for God, what we think of sin, he thinks of things that we do that hurt us. There are things he doesn't want us to do, not because it hurts him, but because it hurts us. And he loves us. And he doesn't want us to hurt. And this is why the past can be so damaging to us, because it keeps us hurting It keeps us believing lies, especially about God. That we made a mistake, and he has to hold it against us. 
because we failed him. And we can't get over it. Our whole life is ruined because of that. You know, we all have at least one of those. You know, if I had just made a different different choice, or if this didn't happen in my family, or or if this, that, or the other, or some for some of us, if I had been born into a different family. Now, some of the answers God's going to give you aren't going to make sense. And I encourage you to let him speak to you, make time for him at night, especially. We've talk, been talking about a lot about that lately. Or song. If you're if you all of a sudden start thinking hearing a song over and over running in your head, Lord is that you? A lot of changes he will make without you knowing about them. You may find yourself going over that list and realizing, you know, that doesn't bother me anymore. I don't even remember what that one was about. Or, gee, wow, I was making a big deal out about that one. And sometimes there are things that, you know, are part of a natural order. You know, like there's all this stuff about birth order and who was the favorite in the family. And maybe your mom and dad wanted a, a boy and got a girl or vice versa. Those are all normal parts of, of family dynamics. But we believe that they hold a greater meaning in our life in relationship to God. And he wants to speak truth into our lives where we are free from the lives, the lies that we've been believing. Those lies keep us from freedom and being able to receive unconditionally what God wants to give. So the processes we're learning, that that's all there for, is we're, we're simply finding ways to engage what God wants to do. The processes we're talking about, learning the supernatural, having our senses quickened, even this little exercise, writing things down, all that does is it draws our attention back to him. When you have that list, it's not about you and going, okay, I need to, you know, fix that. Well, or no wonder I'm such a mess. And some people are going to have two or three items and two, some people are going to have two or three notebooks. It doesn't matter. You're exactly where God wants you to be. Whatever is going on in your life is for you. And remember what God wants to do in your life is for your good. Not so you can serve him or be a better testimony or, you know, not not be punished as bad in the next, you know, in going to heaven or whatever. It's because he loves you. If God actually expressed how much he loves you right now, you wouldn't be able to contain it. 
you wouldn't be, your soul is so damaged and fragile. It would be like hitting a, a jar, an, a pottery jar with a hammer. It would just shatter. So God is remaking your soul and restoring it with living water flowing through it. He's doing that. You're not. We're just staying engaged so we can be available to participate in those areas where he wants to share with us what he's doing. It's like he, as he's building your relationship, rebuilding your relationship with him, restoring your spirit and soul, he wants to show you the blueprints. This is what I have in mind for you. This is what your life is really like. He doesn't need your participation. He doesn't need your help. He just wants your company. He wants you to enjoy your life as much as he does. So the processes we're going through are simply a way to be always turning back to him, Lord, is that you? Lord, what's going on? Turning back to him. That's actually what repentance is, returning to God. So we will pick it up same time next week. Until then, try that little exercise. Drop me a line. See how it works for you. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainer's Radio. Have a great night. <laughs>